I can't imagine teaching without Get More Math now that I've had it. I can't imagine ever differentiating instruction the way that the program allows me to differentiate by one, making that special algorithm for each student of what they are struggling with, what skill it is. You know, every student struggles with something different. And I could never imagine creating all of those worksheets, checking all of those worksheets, and knowing on top of that what every child needs in my classroom when you have a classroom of 25 to 30 kids. Welcome to the Get More Math Podcast, where we support teachers in their quest for long-term student gains. This is a podcast for teachers to share their passion for math education, learn best practices from experts in the field, and swap ideas for student success. This is community. This is Get More Math. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Get More Math Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Britton. And this season, we're talking to math teachers. In particular, we want to hear stories. What's going on in the classroom? What has worked? What's wonderful? Um, I believe that teaching is an adventure. And I taught for 20 years, and every day, all kinds of wild stuff happened. Really great successes, amazing challenges. For me, it it was a daily, exciting journey. It's sometimes very difficult often very rewarding. So I thought it'd be fun to bring in other teachers, especially math teachers who use Get More Math, and ask them about their journey and also how this thing that I made is influencing that journey. So our guest today is Tiffany Smith. She's a ninth and 10th grade math teacher in central Pennsylvania. And I've actually been to her classroom. In fact, she was, I don't know if your ears were burning, Tiffany, but she was kind of referenced in our last show. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit um, later on. But for now, I'd just like to say hello and welcome, Tiffany. Thank you. Maybe you could start just by telling us a little bit about your uh, math teaching background, how long you've been teaching, how you got into it. Sure. Um, I've been teaching. This is actually my 10th year teaching. Um, At first, I actually went to school for actuarial science, and I did my internship and uh, hated sitting behind a desk with no social interaction. So um, I ended up changing my major and going into the teaching field, and I've loved it ever since. It's been a great adventure. I've always been at the same school. I started at Tyrone, which is where I graduated from, and Mm. I've been at the same grade level the entire time. So it's been great. You know, it's funny you say that um, the absence of interaction was was killing you. I, I got out of college. First of all, I got a history major in college. And then I got out of college and thought I would write a novel. And I was a couple couple months into writing the novel, and I just I was craving human interaction. I just couldn't stand sitting there and writing. I like to write, but I, I had a similar kind of realization about myself. It was never going to happen. I love it. Uh, you've already said some stuff that I think is really uh, awesome to hear. So you're 10 years in. You're at the school that you actually graduated from, or the district, and and you've been doing the same grade levels for 10 years and you say you love it. So what, what keeps you going? What is it about it that just drives you into the next year with, with high expectations? I think it's those moments that every teacher kind of lives for when you see a student that's really struggling, just kind of have that aha moment that everything kind of clicks and they start to get it. I see a lot of students with my algebra classes, especially, there are students that have had 
low confidence and low morale in their math classes in previous years because they are kind of deemed as a lower student and they've kind of struggled coming up through the ranks and just getting them to realize that they're good at math and they can do this and start to make those connections and see them grow their confidence throughout the year where the beginning of the year, they don't even feel comfortable answering a question at the end of the year, their hands constantly up wanting to participate. I think that's just the things that drive me as a teacher. So I really want to explore that. Um, I think for an outsider, they hear something like that. So at the beginning of the year, the kid, you're, you're, you're lots of kids, they, they don't even want to offer an answer because they are afraid of getting it wrong. They have a history of failure. They're, they feel intimidated by the classroom. And by the end of the year, they're confident and they want to participate. Well, there's a journey, right? How does that happen? And I, I realize having been in the classroom, it happens in... <laughs> So many efforts, so many interactions and uh, interesting moments, I'll say. So can you comment on, I'm, let's, let's start with like your first couple of weeks. What is it that you do to start changing their internal narratives? So I think at the beginning of the year, you know, I always have my students on the first couple of days list out kind of what their fears are for the year and, and for the class, especially And a lot of those students are, there's comments on there that are like things similar to, I've always struggled with math. I'm not good at math. Um, I find it challenging to, it builds on each other and I get behind, things like that. And so I just kind of reassure them that, listen, we're on this adventure together and we're going to get through this. And I think them knowing that we recognize that they're not going to be perfect is the first thing. I think that means a lot to them that we know that, hey, you're going to struggle and that's my job. I'm here to help you. And that's kind of always been my uh, go-to as a teacher is this is my job. I like to help you. I don't want to sit here and not have you ask me questions because that makes my job boring. Um, And then that also means I'm not needed. So I think the students understanding that I want them to ask for help is the first thing that I I don't find them as a, a burden to me. Um, the second thing I think is just really hammering the basics in the first couple of weeks and letting them just get into a routine in my classroom that they understand what to expect on the on the daily coming into my room. They understand how the classroom is structured, how the lesson is structured, and what to expect for homework when they go home. And then the third thing is just really hammer those basic skills and practice, practice, practice to start to gain a little bit of confidence. Give them a few easy tests in the beginning to to build that grade up for them so they see that, you know, they're sitting at an uh, A or a B early in the year. I can do this. And I think for those students thinking I can do this is half of the battle. If you have a student yeah. that starts low, they're not going to be willing to dig themselves out of that hole for you. But if they feel like they can do it, I think that's half the battle. You know, that it reminds me of a story from my own teaching. I discovered sometime early on that the best kind of question to ask the first few days of classes were the easy ones, like the ones where I'd say, uh, this was deliberate. I'd have a problem that I thought would intrigue kids about probability, but I'd start by just saying, well, so how many, how many cards are there in a deck of cards? And like half the hands would go up. 
because they were like, oh, I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to, trying to, it, it's funny because I'm kind of a, a nerd, you know, I'm a little bit of a geek. I don't want to answer a question like that. I want to answer like the hard question. And I had to change my way of thinking because I also taught kids who had long history of failures, had reached ninth grade. And the, the thing they wanted was success, some little bit of success. I like hearing your structured approach. And uh, it, it does remind me actually of having been in your classroom. It's very apparent that you have a very structured approach and, uh, and that it wins kids and builds success. Well, let's, let's shift gears then to get more math. You know, there's this funny thing I made. Uh, I just realized the other day, it's, it's been 16 years I've been working on Get More Math. And I was curious to know how it came your way. Um, so I had a colleague that I worked with that had an interaction with you. I'm, I'm not sure how that interaction happened, but she started to use it in her classroom. And she taught um, the really low students in our building. And she was sharing with me about how well it worked. And it was actually halfway through a school year, which kind of made the transition a little bit more difficult um, kind of jump in. But I could see how much easier it made her, her job and how much more retention the students were having that I decided I was just going to jump in and give it a try too. It, it was kind of a crazy year, but I saw so much growth from it that every year after I've just stuck with it. Can you tell me more? Like, what was it like to start? Was it, was it say February or something? Yeah, it was like almost towards the end of the second marking period. So it would probably be around that time. Well, I, I mean, I, the whole idea is, you know, cumulative growth, long-term retention. So did you try coming in at like February to bring in all the content from September, October, November, or did you just sort of start with the new material from that point forward? So I think at first we started with a new material, if I can remember correctly, it's been a while. So I think we started with the new material, but then I think we slowly started to put skills in to mixed review that um, we had used in the past. Okay. I think the I think the biggest challenge though is going from a textbook to get more math, uh, just the the way answers are expected is different. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we would just cycle a few problems in each week um, to try to build that bank of mixed review. That's a good way of doing it. How did the kids who had been used to one kind of modality, how did they adjust to this big change? Um, they didn't really like it. <laughs> but as a teacher, that's not really shocking. Um, you know, students are creatures of habit. They like to, to be comfortable in what they're doing. And I think at first, um, it was really challenging because you were running around the classroom trying to help kids and it wasn't really helping them with the skill itself. It was more helping them with entering, um, the answer <laughs> and to get more math. But once they got it down, I mean, it took a, a probably, I would say a month and a half to get them, um, really used to the way that get more math wanted things um, entered and the way that it was formatted, what it was looking for. Once they got onto that, um, they really liked it. It was just a matter of that little uh, adjustment period for them. So when you had the chance to start from the very beginning of the year, did that sort of change? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the students that are building right now, they use it in middle school. So when they get up to us, they're already familiar with a lot of, you know, the kind of key words we use like mixed review and like priorities is an older word, but um, those kind of terminologies that we use as far as GMM and 
So it just, they just kind of pick it up like it's any other textbook, like they've been using it for a while. And I honestly, when students go from my algebra class to our geometry class, which we don't use Get More Math for, they come back and they're like, I really miss GMM. Mm. Oh, when I had you, you never said that. And now all of a sudden you miss it. <laughs> yeah, now they've got to use a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or a worksheet or something like that. That's funny. Well, so as you think about the three or four years, it sounds like, I'm just kind of, kind of ballparking that you've been using Get More Math. Do any uh, particular events or stories stand out for you? Um, I think there was, there's this one student that I had in, I had her in ninth grade. Um, and she's actually now a, a junior and in ninth grade, she transferred to our school. So she had never used get more math before. And I can remember her. She hated it. She just thought it was super obnoxious that she had to do this math on the computer and she would complain day after day. But over time, those complaints got fewer and fewer. And she ended up being one of my better students and she went to geometry mm. after that and just really struggled with not having gmm and i then got her back in class and i was using gmm uh for an algebra 2 course we teach and she just came up to me and she was like this is the best day ever and i said <laughs> why is that and she says i just miss get more math so much <laughs> and she oh, says her brothers are in middle school and she said, I told them, you just soak it up now. She said, you just soak it up because one day you won't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's great language. I love it. Like, oh, young person, enjoy it while you have it. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you're giving advice to like high schoolers in general. Or You know, I, I'm 51 now, so I feel like I can say that to all the 20-somethings yeah. uh, in the room. That is, that's a great story. Thank you. I love it. Have you had kids who um, didn't like it, but persevered anyway, and maybe never came to like it, but still benefited from it? Oh, sure. I actually had, it actually happened a week ago. I have some of my lower kids that um, they weren't really successful. They had algebra one, they weren't successful at passing the keystone. Um, and I have them um, back in for like a remediation. And they, they don't like GMM when they heard we were using it, you know, it was big size from them, but they, I have what I call a challenge class where I put more difficult problems in there that are more application, um, that I don't really have time to teach all of that in class, but it's applying the basic skills that I do have time to teach. And if kids are really moving through, then I have them switch over to that challenge class to, you know, differentiate instruction for them a little bit. And these two girls that I had, they came up and they were really worried about passing the keystone this year. And they actually asked to be put in the challenge class. Mm. And I was like, you want in there? And they were like, yeah, we need to get more difficult problems. We need to get ready for this. That test was really hard. And, you know, typically I don't think a, a kid like that would ever ask to be challenged more. <laughs> I think mm. they really would want to take the easy road out and just do the bare minimum. And even though they don't like get more math, they're willing to try that and, you know, persevere through that. And I think that that speaks volumes for, you know, the program in itself and what it can do for those students. So they like the outcome. It's just a lot of work. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that's, I, I can't make the, um, the need to do math problems go away. You know, like I, <laughs> that, that part, I don't know how to make that uh, evaporate. We would like to invite all of our listeners to visit our website at getmoremath.com, where you'll find helpful information about how Get More Math can help you transform the math education experience through targeted mastery and cyclical review. We welcome you to take advantage of our free trial for the 2021 school year. Find more information about the free trial at getmoremath.com. Now, back to the show. Well, you know, you said something interesting about what you had observed when you were watching your colleague, you said um, you saw that kids were learning more or, or retaining more, you said. And then you also said you felt that it was making her job easier. Could you say more about that? Oh, sure. Um, so obviously with mixed review, with the kids cycling through those problems that they've done all year, they're retaining the information, whereas it's not like you're teaching a chapter and you're moving on to something different. And then maybe in a couple of weeks, we might come back and revisit that chapter and at most most times when that happens, the kids, a large portion of the students forget <laughs> what we right. taught. And so we're having to constantly go back and reteach. So in that way, it does make the job easier. But I think I can't imagine teaching without Get More Math now that I've had it. Hmm. I can't imagine ever differentiating instruction the way that the program allows me to differentiate by one, making that special algorithm for each student of what they are struggling with, what skill it is. You know, every student struggles with something different. And I could never imagine creating all of those worksheets, checking all of those worksheets, and knowing on top of that what every child needs in my classroom when you have a classroom of 25 to 30 kids. Mm -hmm. But also by using your creativity with the program as far as like I discussed the challenge group earlier, it also allows me to put students that are a little bit more advanced, give them a, a harder batch of problems that mm -hmm. can challenge them more. Or you could do the reverse. If you have students that are really struggling, you can give them a more basic set of skills that can help them build mm -hmm. those basic skills to be able to then move them into the next class. And I couldn't imagine having to, you know, find, create all of those worksheets to be able to do that in my class. And not only that, but check every answer for accuracy. <sighs> you know, how often does a child do a worksheet and hand it into you and it's all wrong? So what did right. that accomplish besides them learning a skill incorrectly? <laughs> right. You know? Well, I do know. I still remember the, I mean, I was there, right? I, I, the days where I had 30 kids and like I would discover near the end of a period that several kids had gotten like a whole bunch of problems wrong. And the bell was about to ring, you know, like, yeah. okay. Um, you know, it, it was very difficult to make sure that everybody actually knew how to do the math. That was one of the main challenges, right? Is to do tickets out the door and other little mini assessments all the time. Uh, but to actually get to know that they're getting them right uh, was, was a huge relief to me. Getting back to the easier part. So I, I, I want to tease that out a little bit. Is your workload less or are, or is it just different? I don't necessarily think that my workload is less. I think that I'm spending my time doing more productive things. Hmm. So, I mean, it gives me the opportunity to um, analyze 
you know, keystone scores and then redesign my curriculum. And this is something I do every year based on how my students perform on the keystone to better, you know, to better structure my class. And it might not even be changing skills, but maybe like just teaching, changing the order of which I'm teaching in it. Mm -hmm. Or um, it gives me opportunity to, you know, be able to pull students that I can see are really struggling with the skill that I just taught. And I can do some more um, one-on-one instruction with them or individualized instruction because I'm not having to go around and check papers because GMM's doing that for me. I can easily see based on the color of the boxes on their screen, I kind of harp to my students. I don't want to see those red boxes. You need to get rid of those red boxes. That means either you didn't practice it or you're not good at it. And you know, my students know that every day I'm walking around looking at their screen and I can easily see which students need to have some intervention time with me. Whereas before I would have spent probably, you know, at least a half hour to an hour a week figuring out which kids I needed to pull for interventions. And now it's just right in front of me. So I can spend that half hour or hour, you know, restructuring what I'm going to teach or finding, you know, a better way of teaching that. So you're still, you know, it doesn't lessen your workload, I don't think, but it allows you to take that time and use it more productively. It's a good answer. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of that because I think you are an amazing teacher from what I've seen. Thank and you. to sort of give you a tool that sort of unleashes you sort of and, and, and increases your productivity, increases your ability to use your time in, in excellent ways that tap your creativity and your organization. That just, that just makes me happy. You know, I, it, it actually also something you said triggers another story from me about you. So I had the opportunity to observe you once. It was a couple of years ago. I don't really remember what year, but um, I will never forget the first, I don't know, 15 seconds in your classroom because I walked in and I had the opportunity to walk to the back and just sort of look around the room. So I'm behind all the students and they're using Get More Math. And there's just this room full of kids and I can see every kid's screen from that position. And I could tell within seconds that you were a very effective teacher. And it, it was really cool because like, how hard would that be with like a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and keystone results and worksheets and observation? Here in 15 seconds, I already had this very substantial insight into what your students were accomplishing and what you were accomplishing with them. Uh, there were a lot of stars on a lot of screens and your mixed review had a ton of stuff in it, like like 90 or 100 items. And and I had kids in my viewport there just maxing out all across the room. And they were, I, I think we must've been well into the school year. So you had them like totally schooled in like focus and uh, excellent practice. They were helping each other you know, in good ways, right? Not like just students, right. but like actually actually talking about how to work things out. The focus was good. The energy was good. People were happy. It was really, really neat room to walk into. So anyway, that's my story. That's my story on Tiffany right there. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So as, as you look to the current sort of hybrid situation uh, that you were mentioning before the show, you're, you're currently, does that mean like some days on? Or half days with the kids, half days not? What, what does that mean? So I basically see half of my students on Monday, Tuesday, and the other half on Thursday, Friday. And then 
Um, they alternate every other Wednesday. So some days I'll see my kids three days. Some days I see them two. And oh, then, I thought you were going to say Wednesdays were off. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that I'm lucky. <laughs> um, but then on the off days, they have like at home virtual assignments that they're doing and submitting and or checking in with us through email. Okay. So are you using get more math in that scenario? I am. Okay. Do do like do you do you have them in different groups or something? I, I I'm trying to figure out how I would do that. Yeah. So as far as setting it up, we kind of went back and forth how we were going to do it, but because of not having the Wednesday off, it kind of messes up like the five day weeks you're on different lessons. So we had to put like a group A and a group B for each class that we had so that we could assign different lessons to them depending where they were at. Okay. Yeah. So can I can I tell you something? This like this show is about your stories. You've told some good stories. I've told a few, but it's also about get more math. And this is on my mind to tell you because I'd love your feedback. We have decided that one way to support remote use is to step get more math into a, a greater power, if you will, where you can give multiple assignments to the same class, and, oh, the kid, <laughs> and then the kids can you know choose which one to work on. So. So the the big difference will be when you give an assignment, it won't sort of displace the the availability of the other assignments. It will become the default assignment. You know, like when they log in, they'll see the one you most recently gave, but they can also pull up a list and see any of the ones that that they haven't finished yet. And I'm I'm just curious to know your initial reaction to hear that that's coming. Oh, I think that's awesome. Um, and that's actually something that's super useful for not only remote but I would always have trouble with students that were absent but for like multiple mm-hmm. days trying to get them because they would only see that skill in mixed review. And yeah. that would be like after they got out of the lesson. And so it was always like, a, I felt like a little bit of a headache um, to deal with that. So I think it's a great thing personally. That's great. It's It's a huge effort for us because the entire huge code thing that I've made, which is I've been tinkering with for 16 years. It all has the assumption that either the kid is supposed to be working in mixed review or uh, the kid should have like the current assignment to work on. And so like we've had to just rip out all this stuff and rewire all this stuff. But we're uh, we're in the thick of it. And I anticipate that this fall that 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 will be one of our major releases. So coming soon to a get more math screen near you, (laughs) um, they'll also be able to see they'll be able to see all the assignments they haven't finished. And also like a link to mixed reviews. So our part of our rationale was if a kid's stuck, you know, it's her Monday and she's not in school because that's like she's the Thursday, Friday kid. She's home. She's stuck. She's trying to do the right thing. Um, but she can't like the whole idea of get more math is talk to your other students. Talk to the teacher. Let's have mathematical dialogue. You know, it was built to be used in that co- collaborating scenario. And all of a sudden we have all these people using it you know, at 1130 at night in their bedrooms. So what she's supposed to do, what the idea is now, if she wants, she could skip over to mixed review and do some points there. And the the assignment wouldn't go away, right? She could still go back to it. So then maybe she reaches out to you, she gets some more help, but then like a day or two later, she pulls it back up and then makes some progress. So we're, we're super excited about that. Yeah, well, some of my classes actually my academic class, I put them in an assignment 
that I had taught them when they were in the classroom. But now that they're at home, I want them to practice that skill a little bit more because I've been doubling up on what the lessons that I'm teaching since I'm only seeing. Yeah. So on like the first day they're out, they do the first lesson. The second day they do the second lesson and so on. But I was struggling with my low class because those kids need help. You know, you have kids that just progress. And so I ended up actually having to put them in mixed review because I would get kids emailing asking for skips. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're mm-hmm. in the and I can't give you skips. Um, right. So I ended up having to like adjust that class. But I mean, that's a major fix for that. So that's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating to be like, like for 16 years or, or for 13 or 12 of those years, I was just tinkering for my own personal use. You know, I just, I, I was obsessed with this idea, but it's fascinating now to be at a place where it's like, okay, there are about a thousand good things we could do. And like, which of them would be the most valuable? And this is the one we landed on for, yeah. for the fall. So, so it, some of the other great things would be co-teacher support. I don't know if that hits you, but it hits a lot of people. Yeah. Um, messaging. So like you could have like in-app messaging, um, a lot of other, it, I don't know, you know, you sit around and you think, oh, and we could also do <laughs> uh, you name it is there anything else that you're like totally craving this is your since you're on the show this is your chance to make a straight request to me all right so in the old java app i love that you could click a button and maybe there's a way to do it but i don't think there is you could click a button and you could see the kids total points in the current class but also like in that mm. channel class that i have Mm-hmm. And in the new web version, that I can't figure out a way to do that. I don't think no, that we don't have it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big one for us at Tyrone because we use the we all use the challenge group across the board, and so there's been a lot of moaning and groaning about that this year. <laughs> yeah, so when you want like the metrics, you have to sort of like I don't know, collaborate with people or talk across the teams, or is it? I mean, do you have a system for getting those numbers, or are you just sort of not getting them? Well, so. Like for me, it's more of like the daily number that I assign. And Mm -hmm. I basically have to go through like my regular class and then go to the challenge class and then combine those two numbers to make sure that they hit whatever their daily number was. And a lot of my kids on the virtual days, they're choosing to be in the challenge group. Mm -hmm. And so they'll do the lesson and then switch over to the challenge group. It's just a lot of time to try to figure out that number. So, I mean, I've just been combine, you know, going back and forth and combining them. That's really the only thing I've come up with. But before with that click, it just made it really right. nice that you could see the total number. Right. So the storyline there, thank you, uh, by the way, I, I do appreciate your feedback and um, it's on the list. Okay. <laughs> this, cool. this great big list that we like, we stare at all these things and we're like, okay, what's next? I will tell you that um, it, it, it was very hard to let go of the Java app because it has, you know, 16 years of my work baked into it. So every little thing I ever wanted, I made. So it was my own little Ferrari, you know? Um, but the, the old technology just, it's gotten to a point where like, it's its sort of dangerous. Like day on day, we didn't know whether it was going to work the next day. So we we made it. it was, it's still painful for me to think about the, the decision to let it go along with things like that. But I will tell you, we are pursuing them. So the the assignments thing I talked about is what we're pursuing now, but we've got a, a list and we're going to keep pushing. And I, I appreciate that you uh, mentioned that one. Sorry for the temporary need to do a lot of extra addition problems. Hey, you're getting more math. Uh, you probably already know how to add if you if you were an actual actuarial um, 
expert. Well, Tiffany, it's been lovely uh, catching up with you some. Uh, I'm going to just say to everybody, if you use Get More Math, you also owe a little bit of gratitude to Tiffany for her excellent work for us. She has sometimes helped us out with um, quality assurance and design. And uh, if your kids are doing a Get More Math problem, there's a, a chance that it's something that she's had her hands on a little bit. So thank you, Tiffany, for today in this interview, but also for your help making Get More Math a better product. Oh, thank you. It's made my classroom incredible. Thanks for listening to the Get More Math podcast. Drop us a comment and let us know what you thought about this episode. You can always connect with us at getmoremath.com. Have a great day.